1: what is up ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of bloke in a bar brought to you by the best beer in all the land bloke beer get down to your local grab a case of bloke beer oh she was going down well even even when i got home after the grand final and my tears were rolling down my face as i cried into the into the depths of my (laughs) despair guru the beer still tasted good so it passed a grand final loss test it passed the grand final loss test. Matter of fact, it passed the greatest comeback in history loss test. That's a pretty bloody good beer to me. Yeah,
2: it always lives up, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely. Um, so grab a case of bloke beer from your local Celebrations, IGA Plus Liquor, uh, Liquor Legends, Bottolo, Porter's Liquor, you name it, independent liquor stores in Queensland, New South Wales. If they don't stock it, just ask Bliley, hey, could you get some bloke beer in? And they'll be able to bring some in. Guru, how you been, brother? Been good, mate. Probably unlike you. I think I've watched that grand final six times this week. Oh, my. God. God, I can't watch it, eh? I cannot watch it. Do you reckon you'll ever watch it again? Yeah, I think so, I think so. But it's just too raw at the moment. Mm. It's too raw, Timmy.
3: Yeah, unlike you this week, Kempi, the Canberra has actually got a premiership, oh. the Curry knockout title. Jack oh. <laughs> I think he's still on the Raiders' books for another couple of days. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> wow,
1: well, well, you're really reaching there, getting desperate down in Canberra, getting desperate, mate. Well, the
3: we'll tape we can get. <laughs> I don't know if you saw it, the Curry knockout final, but they yeah. had every man his dog was playing in it. They had like this is the final alone that there was Jackie White and was in it, Isaiah Tass was in it. Mm. Um, I tasked Je- Jesse Ramian, um, mate. It was stacked yeah. with NRL players. It the standard you, was incredible.
1: It like reminds you how many great Indigenous players we mm. have in the NRL, especially for how small of a population they make up of the country. I think it's like two and a half, three percent 3%, mm. and yet they dominate the NRL. Oh. So, um, so yeah, shout out to the boys that won the, the career knockout. Yeah, Absolute shout out. Uh, now it's time for the season review. That's right. We have arrived to the epic encounter. They're actually... They, they're, they're almost calling it an epic ballad, our season reviews these days. Um, man Paul, from Paul, Snowy River stuff.
3: Paul Kelly's going to cover it. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Paul Kelly is going to cover the season review. <laughs> so, first of all, what we're going to do is this. What we're going to do is this. <laughs>
3: the shackles were off for the offseason. Oh, yeah. Let's yeah. have a bit of fun. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, so what we're going to do is this. We're going to do our team of the year, our official team of the year. But there's going to be two team of the years season team of the year, so just a season. And then the whole season team of the year, so including finals footy and understanding that big finals games kind of count for more than season games. So two team of the years, season team of the year and then full team of the year, final team of the year. So, But the final team of the year isn't just from the finals, it's from the whole year, adding into the fact that they played well in the finals matches. Um, so let's get straight into it. Team of the year just for the season. At number one, Reese Walsh. Reese Walsh is number one. Wasn't all of us. Myself, Matty, Guru said Walshie. Timmy the Tin said Ponga. Mm. Speak to me.
3: Yeah, I had Ponga. It was absolutely not a a knockout victory. I was tossing and turning with this one, and I'm I'm more than happy to have uh, Walshie there. I just probably – I'm pretty critical, I think, of errors in players' games, Mm. and I don't know if that comes from the potty at all or whatever, particularly defensively, and – I just think Ponga is so rounded and the way he took, I think, fair to say, a lesser team in the Newcastle Knights to finals football and week two of finals football. Reese Walsh was, had an unbelievable season. A few more errors in his game, though, and I think I'm just looking at how good a side he was playing behind. Mm. Uh, that being said, mate... Reese Walsh did it over a, a far longer period this season with Ponga's first half of the season, you know, impacted by playing 5-8 at the start, concussions. So happy to have gone either way.
1: Mm. See, if Ponga had have played like that all season long at fullback, mm. I probably would have given him the nod for exactly what you just said, the errors in Reece Walsh's game. Now, he, he does have those errors sometimes because he's trying incredible plays. Um, but I just think Walsh, for the whole season, played better. <laughs> and also... One of the tipping points is when it was Walsh versus Ponga, uh, I thought Recy just played a little tiny bit better. Now, is that because his team was obviously a better side or is it because Walsh was uh, better this year? But I just thought over the whole season, Walsh, he was better.
2: Completely agree. I agree with everything. Uh, you guys have both said, uh, and, you know, Walsh in finals too, you know, obviously in the grand final people want to, pick on him and whatnot, but there was two finals games before that that he absolutely brained it
1: in. Yeah, absolutely. So Walsh at the back, Asako on the wing, one of the great wingers season in the inaugural season in a side that ended up running, what, 14th or 15th. Uh, He was outstanding. We all agreed Asako should be in the side. At three, Stephen Crichton. At four, Herbie Farmworth. At five, Brian To'o. We all agreed on To'o. There was an argument for Dallin a zelezniak It was very close for all of us, but we just felt that To'o's consistency across the board in attack and defense was just too hard. And Isako doing it in a side that ran so low, um, got them across the line, boys.
2: Yeah, I think especially like with Osako when you mm. talk about him, you got to keep in mind, you know, obviously a new franchise won. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, his ball player on that edge was a teenager that hadn't played first grade before. Branko Lee was there for the first half of the season. He then fell out of the side. Tafado came in. He fell out of the side. Like he did it with four or five different centers inside him. Mm. A young ball player in a new franchise. I think it had to be Osako and Toto, oh, mate. This is the first. You know, he missed out on. I think he missed out on the RLPA mm. Team of the Year, and I, he missed out on the Daly M Team of the Year simply because he is too consistent.
1: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Uh, at six, Ezra M. At seven, Sean Johnson. At eight, Payne Haas. At nine, Harry Grant. I actually had Wade Egan. I had Wade Egan. And if Harry Grant's name wasn't Harry Grant, I would have done Harry Grant because, you know, he's almost a victim of his own talent. Like how good he plays, no other hooker really is at that level at the moment. But I just felt it, it weighed a lot for me that Egan has gone from a guy that, you know, Maybe a first – like, he's definitely a first grader, but is he a mainstay part of a spine that can challenge for a premiership? I don't think anyone thought that at the start of the year. It meant a lot for me personally that he went from that to, you know, being a mainstay, but also a huge reason why a lot of people felt that SJ was the player of the season is for Egan's service and his, his play. But happy to go with Harry Grant.
2: Yeah, I think it has to be Harry Grant. Egan had a sensational season, but uh, Harry Grant, you know, especially – some of just the ceilings that he showed this year and some of those games were incredible. And you made the point pre-show, even in finals, he had some pretty handy games.
3: Yeah, and we'll get to that finals part shortly, but you know, the two finals games that the Strong got pumped in, Harry Grant had some real big moments in mm. line breaks and good stuff. So And especially like with Harry Grant as well, like what's the one thing we've said about Melbourne all year? They don't have the
2: pack. Mm. So their hooker shouldn't even be in the conversation. Yeah, That's a great point.
3: He's exactly what you said he's a victim of his own ability in that I think he's quite comfortably, probably, well not probably, I think he's the best hooker in the NRL and no one would disagree with that. He's getting to such heights where it's like, oh, you just kind of want to put someone else in who's had an unbelievable year and if he has a slightly down year, it's still better than the rest. Yeah,
1: absolutely. At 10, Adam Fanor blake At 11, maybe controversial to the listener, <clears> but we actually, surprisingly, in my opinion, all agreed with this. At 11, Britton Nicotta. At 11, Britton Nakoda. I thought he's been one of the most unsung players of the season. And his consistency, like basically 8 out of 10 every single week. And I actually went back and looked at all the Team of the Weeks. And I'm not sure if he was the most back rower in Team of the Week, but he was in there pretty regularly. So Britton Nakoda is number 11 for us.
2: Another guy that I thought was very unlucky to miss out on all other teams of the year, Mm. RLPA, M, and whatnot. And I completely agree, mate. He's been very, very good this year. Uh,
1: Fafita. Quite surprised that Fafita wasn't mentioned as much. I thought that he was easily the best uh, back rower for the longest period of time. He faded a little bit towards the end of the year, but for the longest period of time, I thought that Fafita was easily the best um, twelve. Some close calls though. Tyson Brazel very close. Liam Martin very close. Obviously Kawatu, very close. But this is we all agree: Nicota and Fafita at thirteen. Paddy Carrigan, but Timmy, Timmy the Tin Hut, mm. He he felt there was someone else a smoky that a lot of people aren't given credit for.
3: Yeah, the the big boy Tino for Malawi. It was again. This wasn't why I didn't actually have Tino locked into my head at, team ahead of Carrigan. I just when we got in had a chat about this pre-show. I I brought it up mm. and I said talking point, Carrigan v. Tino, because again, I, I just. This is no knock on Pat Carrigan because he's a leader of the Brisbane Broncos pack. I'm not a leader, he's the leader. But Tino has done it in a side that has been bottom eight for a number of years and he carried a pretty underwhelming forward pack this season off his own back, him and obviously Dave mm. Favita. And I, I sort of. Uh, compared the stats of a lot of these players that that were up for contention and having a look at those two boys, Carrigan and Tino, Tino played four less games than Paddy Carrigan and he ran for a handful more metres than him. Same offloads across the year, same tackle breaks. Tino had six tries to two. I just think what he did in a significantly lesser side and, importantly, lesser pack, Mm. to me, possibly notched him ahead. But, look, I... (laughs) I said he wasn't locked in So I'm more than happy for it to be Paddy yep.
1: And I think also another guy Isaiah Yo. If you wanted to slot him yeah. in at 13 you could I do think that he had a bit of a, a slower start to the year And really built into his season I think during the origin period Was a really good um, a reset moment for him Where he kind of realised Okay maybe I'm passing a bit too much here And I need to run first But yeah so he really you know built in towards the end of the year What do you got there Matty?
3: Just something on Nikera. Um 18 line breaks in 25 games wow. Which is Easily the most For a forward in the NRL the, the next highest Was 12 So not even close
1: See like That's why quarter. I don't understand Why he wasn't In more conversations Like the most line breaks Of any forward in the comp In a side that Scraped into the finals Played
3: 80 minutes Every week
1: Yeah um, Okay At 13 Carrigan Now It's time for the Finals team of the week So just to be clear guys this isn't just the finals, but it's when you add in the fact that they played in the finals and how well they played in the big games. Were there any changes? At one, Walsh keeps his spot. Asako keeps his spot. Critter, Farmworth, To, All keep spot. Mam keeps his spot at six. At seven, Nathan Cleary. Nathan Cleary gets the nod for the whole year as um, you know the best seven of the whole, whole season. I think that... Although SJ had an incredible year, when the the business end of the season come, finals footy, Cleary was the best player of the final series. And also, you know, he didn't play too badly in club land as well. Um, And I just think that got him over the edge and we all all agreed.
2: Yeah, 100%. I think uh, it had to be Nate Cleary. I was just going through his final series, mate. Like, have a look at SJ this year. He had a fantastic season. But,
1: you know, like
2: he didn't beat a top four team this year, SJ. Nate Cleary won six from seven games against top four teams this year. In the finals, he played the other top four teams. Against the Warriors, he scored 16 points. Storm, he scored 18 points. Broncos, he scored 12 points. He averaged 15 points across those games. 46 points Holy in three games. Man shit. of the match in each and every one of them. For me, when you do things, has to matter. Mm. Nate Cleary was the best halfback.
1: Now, also, stoked to announce... Nathan Cleary was our most valuable bloke. That's right. He was voted by you guys as the most valuable bloke. We'll do it again next year. Uh, but, yeah, Nathan Cleary voted most valuable bloke of the 2023 final series.
2: Just on that as well, when you look back, as I said, Nathan won six of seven games against top four teams. The last game that he lost against the top four team was round one against the Broncos. Yep. And how did that finish?
1: Yeah. And it was, what, one point or something that they won by? or like? Yeah.
2: 13 to 12 when the Penrith Panthers were in all sorts. Jeez, they yeah. looked awful. And then, of course, he plays that same team in the last game of the season. And
1: just, yeah,
2: did something sad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. At eight, Haas keeps his spot. Nine, Grant keeps his spot. At 10, Liotta gets the nod. I just think that, you know, he's flown under the radar all season, but he's still been really good all season. But his final series. Every forward pack they went up against, they, he absolutely was the leader and dominated their opposition.
3: Oh boys, why um, a really big grand final performance? But I would argue in the first 20 minutes that when they were up 8 Neil Penrith, Fisher-Harris was probably slightly better. Leota, when he came back on, had those massive moments. Across the finals, and this isn't a disagreement, I'm just curious, why Leota over Fisher-Harris, who are in a lot of ways pretty similar players?
2: Once again, for me, when you do, things has to matter, and he was the best forward on the field in the grand final for me.
1: For me, it's their defence. Defence, like, He is their defensive heart and soul, um, and I think that over the final series, if you take out the grand final, what are you looking at? Where do they get scored against him? Six little. points or something. Yeah, yeah six points. Um, but I put it this way, they are so close. If you put Fisher Harris instead of Liotta, mm. I would say, yep, sweet, all good. It, it, put it, if we had a bench, Fisher Harris would be the front row on the There's bench.
3: So little between them and they, they work in tandem. Yeah, like.
1: exactly. But yeah, it's a great point. You you can't have one without the other because they work so well off each other. Um, but I for for me, it's just that grand final. I really put it over the line. Yeah. Like his performance was nothing short of incredible. Uh, okay. Uh, at 11, Martin. That is right. Martin is in the team of the year. So important in the finals games, brought so much aggression. Uh, and at 12, Fafita keeps his spot. At 13, Carrigan keeps his spot. So the only changes in the final, a whole series, is Cleary, Martin, and Leota. So three changes. Um So there you go, guys. There you go. Let us know in the comments section uh, what you think of our team of the year.
0: Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials?